Hello and welcome to this special Dry Bones Ministries podcast series, Reflections on the Screwtape Letter. My name is Father Adam Potter, and today we are reflecting on the sixth letter, which was not an easy letter to work through. So do not be discouraged here. There's a lot going on and some subtle psychological tactics of the evil one uh, that are broken apart. So um, first, just a summary, and, and then maybe we can enter into some of these different points. So military service seems inevitable for Wormwood's patient, and Screwtape affirms the decision to cultivate anxiety and fear about the future. Wormwood's first goal for the patient is to divert his attention away from God and the good he should be doing. And then secondly, Wormwood should seek to transfer the patient's hatred for the war onto his everyday neighbors. So uh, let's dive in. So in this first paragraph, there's this admission of screw tape that there is nothing like suspense and anxiety for barricading a human's mind against the enemy. He wants men to be concerned with what they do. Our business is to keep them thinking about what will happen to them. Whew, isn't that the truth? Um, just fear and anxiety working as a barricade, right? This block this fortress that keeps the enemy from getting in or we should say the human heart from getting to to the lord sorry if i'm flipping my it's tough you know the whole the whole world is upside down and wormwood's uh screw tape's mind anyway back to so fear anxiety keeps the human mind against god think about this i remember uh in mark's gospel jesus speaks of this in the, the parable of the seed and the different grounds that it, the seed falls on, he says, and other, others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the delights and riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. So those cares and anxieties of the world, right, suffocate the word of God from getting into our hearts. Can we break this down even more? Huh? Suspense and anxiety are what screw tape emphasizes. So suspense, when facing suffering, I don't know about you, I just want to know how bad it's going to be. How long is it going to be? What are the long-term effects? Even if it's going to be terrible, I'd rather know than be in the suspense of not knowing. And then anxiety. And I don't think we want to think about this as the psychological diagnosis or condition, but anxiety, biblically speaking, is the choosing to worry and be preoccupied with worldly realities. So kind of like we've talked about in the last chapter on war, it's not so much important as to what's going to happen to us, but what we're going to do. What's our response? Is it lively faith? Is it trusting in God? Is it pursuing virtue, righteousness? And this is where, right, St. Paul can say to the Philippians, have no anxiety about anything. Hopefully you know this verse, right? This is Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which is which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That anxiety, biblically speaking, is a choice. 
that I choose to give in to anxiety, right? And this isn't the psychological condition, right? This is the the biblical, am I going to think about the worldly effects? Am I going to be preoccupied with the the effects or the realities just of this world, this time? Or am I going to focus on God and what he's doing in this moment, who's always working to bring, especially in the evil, a greater good and to bring me closer to him so that I can rely more and more on him and have an even greater faith and hope and love. This is not easy, but I think we need to, to really pray for this in our, our world today that so thrives off of these two things, the suspense. We're, we're just going to keep, we're not going to tell you exactly how long it's going to be or what this is going to look like, but just trust us. Just trust us. Like, or who are we trusting? Who, who are we trusting? The Just leaders today, blindly? Or are we actually trusting in the Lord? in those godly leaders who he's appointed for us. Um, moving on to an, another point. Can we move to the second paragraph? Our screw tape demon speaks about, quote, the notion that he must submit with patience to the enemy's will. So he's referring to the patient, how the patient must submit with patience to the enemy's will. So this is everything. Like we need to highlight this, underline it, and just really appreciate how this gets to the core of our salvation, of our relationship with God, submitting with patience to the enemy's will. So recently I've been a big promoter of the Surrender Novena. Hopefully you've heard of it. They've been going all around, and I've just been trying to buy as many as possible and give them out. But it speaks about this idea of surrender, which is everything. The, the line that's repeated every single day ten times is this prayer, Oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. And I don't know about you, I've been thinking and praying and trying to understand surrender for a really, really long time. And it's hard. Like, what does surrender actually mean? And we can have a lot of different ideas that are kind of lofty or abstract. But when I read this, it was like a sword piercing my heart, especially that last line, take care of everything. Oh, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about surrender, that it would actually give God room to take care of it. In one of the, the daily re- reflections of this novena, it talks about thy will be done. And Jesus just invites us, right? Pr- when you pray thy will be done, instead of praying for what you're actually saying, no, no, no thy will be done. As long as it's actually the way that I want it done. <laughs> Jesus invites us, pray thy will be done in a way that allows me to bring about my will that doesn't have conditions or expectations on your part that you're limiting me. And this is not easy, but it's ex- accepting the present fear, the present situation that I'm in and everything that I can expect that's bringing up a whole lot of anxiety and everything else. And I choose to say, Lord, your will be done, whatever that is in whatever way in whatever timing, and this now all of a sudden plunges us into God's will and faithfulness. So on the other hand, just to appreciate what a screw tape want, <laughs> he wants Wormwood to distract the patient away from that onto all the million possibilities of terrible things that could happen to him, even though it's not possible that they could actually happen to him. 
oh, have you ever been there? Right, me neither. Um, <laughs> instead of actually thinking about what the situation is and uh, praying for God's will to be done, I just think about all of the infinite number of possibilities of how this could go wrong, could be a disaster, how I could embarrass myself, how I'm going to lose a limb or lose a friend or lose this opportunity and I'll never get it back. And then I'll come crashing to this utter place where I lose my reputation and I lose all standing and it's over, all of it. It's like, <laughs> it's literally not possible. But the evil one would love for us to just have a field day with that in our imagination as opposed to waiting patiently for the Lord's will. Moving on to these tactics of diversion. I want to emphasize two points here, right? The first point is in paragraph three of this sixth letter, where Screwtape is speaking about diverting from the thing feared to the fear itself. So just like the attack in prayer to take the attention away from God onto thoughts about God, so is the movement from of the attention away from the object of fear onto the fear itself. Again, right? Like, isn't this our story in our fallen humanity? Getting so nervous about the doctor's appointment or a difficult conversation with a friend or family member or a difficult task to accomplish, to accomplish instead of actually thinking about the, the appointment or the conversation or whatever it is that we have to do, we just focus on how afraid we are. And it's intoxicating, right? The more that we dwell in the fear, the more we allow it to consume us. And the more that we talk about how afraid we are to our family or to our friends or we post it on social media, it just allows that fear to be stoked, to be stoked, to be stoked. And we're actually out of the reality of what do we need to do? What's actually before us? This then gets us to the diversion game that Screwtape talks about. If something is favorable for the evil one, then focus the attention of the patient outwards on the object and miss the interior disposition that could be sinful. If something is favorable to God, focus the attention inward on the self and all the self-righteous, pious feelings and not on God or the good object. Does that make sense? So whatever it is that we're, that we're focusing on, the evil one can see that. He can see it. And if, if we're focusing on something that brings us away from God or brings us to sin, then the evil one is going to want us to keep focusing on that and miss the fact that, okay, here's what's before you. What's the disposition? How can you trust in God? How can you pray to St. Michael, pray to our Blessed Mother to bring about a fortification of the will of the mind so that we can actually stay focused on what's good and true and beautiful? On the other hand, right, if something's favorable for God, then the evil one's going to want us to focus not on God, but on ourself and think about like, oh, how awesome is it, Lord, that I'm here doing this for you in this time of prayer or this mass or I'm out doing this charitable work of service and aren't, aren't I great? It's like, <laughs> right. No, instead of focusing on God or what is good and charitable, we turn inward and this is an attack. Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. And allow even those good things that I'm doing to be profitable for the glory of God and the salvation of souls and not just be an opportunity for self-righteousness. So that's the first point of, of diversion 
um, the different movements away from the different good or bad objects onto ourself. The second diversion point, we move to paragraph four, and this could be summed up like this. Why is it easier to feel strongly about distant people than it is towards people who are close to us? Have you ever thought about that? You can feel really strongly about that enemy or that really awesome person all the way over there. But those people who are so close to me, like, yeah, they're all right. (laughs) I kind of know them. I know their game. They're not impressive. Here's what Screwtape says, quote, the great thing is to direct the malice, that means the bad feelings, to his immediate neighbors whom he meets every day and to thrust his benevolence, those good feelings or those well wishes or those prayers out to the remote circumference to people he does not know. Remember the context? We're in World War II and this statement flows from the reality that there are real enemies. The Germans and these horrible uh, political military leaders that deserve feelings of anger, that anger is actually a proper emotional response to injustice. Now, what do we do with that anger? That's a different moral quality. Do I stoke it? Do I allow it to control me? As opposed to me controlling my anger and working to pursue justice and righteousness. But it's easy to be angry towards imaginary enemies or even thinking about a Hitler figure in in this sense. Is he really a a real person? Well, yes, but he also can take on this quality of being imaginary um, as being out there. And so it's easy to be really angry towards him. But then what happens whenever these enemies are not just imaginary, but they're right in front of you? And then all of a sudden, what's our response? Um, C.S. Lewis points out that the English are, in this respect, the most deplorable milksops. I have never heard of milksops, <laughs> so I looked it up. And it's meaning a person who's indecisive or lacks courage. So it would play out like this, right? So screw tape is mocking the English. Look, they're screaming for more torture for the enemy but then showing compassion for a wounded German pilot who shows up in person. So do you get like, how about this in our own depersonalized contemporary world, especially through social media? Think about how easy it is to be visceral online, but in person to be respectful, cordial, and deferential, right? To say some of the most hurtful, brutal, sarcastic, cynical, just like things that tear people down online, on posts, or even through texts. But then when you're face-to-face with them, what's the response? I don't know about you. I, I think about that, and I just think about how evil it is that we've been so decoupled from one another, really separated and, and isolated. And then through social media, we feel we have this illusion of being connected. But in the end, we're saying and interacting with people in ways that we never would in person. This is where um, Screwtape will say, malice becomes wholly real and benevolence becomes largely imaginary. Right? Here's the diversion. Here's the diversion. That there's the real enemy out there and we take it out on a neighbor or family member. That we actually interiorize, okay, here are these things, here are these things going on. And then all of a sudden, because I don't know how to actually 
play them out and relate them. As I'm living in this imaginary fantasy world, I interiorize this and now project this on those people close to me. How sad this is. Hey, yeah, have you ever flipped out on someone someone really close to you? It's like, I'm so sorry. Like, that was not you. Or ho- hopefully we apologize, right? Ah, not today, Satan. Not today. <laughs> Can we go to this last part? This is where, gosh, if you weren't already kind of overwhelmed by some of these distinctions, tactics, diversions, we now get to the fifth paragraph and we have these three concentric circles. If you're like me, you just drew it in your book, three circles, um, each one circling the other one. So in the very center is the will. And then the second circle is the intellect or the mind. And then the third is the fantasy. So to break those down, right? The will is also associated with the heart. The will is where we choose. And it's out of our choice that we can love. And our intellect or our mind, in a very real way, flows from from the will. There's an interaction, right? It's not just one direction. Um, but at the heart, which is why we use the heart, at the heart of who we are is our will. And what do we choose to say? What do we choose to do? What do we choose to think about? What do we choose to imagine? Who do we choose to be? The intellect is beyond that. So it's what do we think about? How do we consider different realities? Um, how do we pursue knowledge of ourself, of the world, of others, of God? And then third is fantasy. Fantasy just means our imagination. What do we play out in our own minds? Different realities, different scenarios. So the tactic of the evil one is to keep the virtues, those good habits, out of the will. They are safe and deceiving in the intellect and fantasy, Screwtape says. So notice how there can be someone who can be very misleading and sounding virtuous or sounding holy. They talk about it intellectually, academically, or they can offer some of the kindest well wishes to the marginalized or say really pious, holy things. But in reality, they don't have the ability to enact these in their own will, which can be very dangerous, right? There's a a theologian who said that theology, scripture, needs to be read, studied on one's knees. And it's not just coming to to learn more about God. That's great. That's really important. We talked about the more that we know about God, the more that we can love him. But there has to be this movement from our brains to our will. Gosh, are you ready for something that rocked my world recently? Um, There was a, a line of someone that said, most people, they miss heaven by one foot, that they miss heaven and fall into hell by one foot. And it's like, well, what the heck does that mean? And he was talking not about this foot as if it's like a race or a, a journey um, out there in the world to God, but the one foot distance from our mind down to our heart, those 12 inches, right? And this now is scary. To think about how many people can know about God and the more that is entrusted to the individual, the greater the responsibility is to actually live it out and to respond to it. And so, gosh, how easy and safe and deceiving it can be to know it, but to not actually will it and choose it. 
so, ah, gosh, this is for all of us, right? And this is where the virtues, the will comes to our choosing it and doing it, especially when it's difficult, that it can bring it to enact it out in our own life so that we can grow in holiness. What does Screwtape mean when he insists that Wormwood must keep on shoving all the virtues outward till they are finally located in the circle of fantasy and all the desirable qualities inward toward the will? This is, again, uh, maybe we could talk about this as a third diversion. Satan's desire is to push all the virtues and good things from what you actually do, your will, to what you think you would do to be nice, your intellect and or your fantasy. For example, he wants you to think it would be nice to be humble and gracious, have integrity and fortitude, but never get to it. And this can give us the illusion that we are actually good people because we're thinking about being thoughtful and considerate, even though we're not. <laughs> so instead, Satan's goal is to push our sins and our vices inward, right? Those are the desirable qualities. These sins and vices inward towards the will and make those our habits instead of something that we are just tempted by. Well, this was a loaded, um, this was a loaded letter with a, a long podcast. Hopefully this was helpful and bringing you all uh, just to an invitation to grow in virtue, grow in greater trust, to be able to see the tactics of the evil, and especially through fear and suspense and anxiety. And just to, again, say, not today, Satan. Have no anxiety about anything. I'm going to, with all prayer and supplication, make my requests known to God and call upon his grace. And that is what we do right now by calling upon God, our Blessed Mother, and in particular way, St. Michael. Be our archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this special podcast series, Reflections on the Screwtape Letters. If you'd like to support the work of Dry Bones Ministries, please visit drybonespgh.org. God bless you all. We'll see you next time.